Good morning, BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland, and there's Ashdown in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say. Good morning, BHA. And good morning, BHA. Good morning. Welcome to episode 1,100, I'm not good with numbers, uh, of Good Morning BHA. Uh, it is our... G'day, Ash. Hello. This is when you respond. We have a special... Uh, 1,100 by the time you send me your side of the recordings. <laughs> tell you what. Well, let's not pull back the curtain too much and expose how some people haven't figured out their intellectual <laughs> property issues. Um, we, uh, this is a show all about, uh, barbershop in Australia with a, uh, a frisson of influence from international barbershop and the, uh, barbershop we're interviewing today, uh, has a, an, an international con- uh, connection as well as collection. Um, so welcome, uh, international, uh, chorus medalist, uh, BHA chorus and quartet medalist, uh, judge, coach, all-round good bloke, Rob Sequeira. Hello. Hey. Hello, Barbershop Australia. <laughs> the, uh, the, the audience goes wild. Mate, um, uh, good, to chat, good to be chatting with you. The, I'm sure Ash will be able to file, be amused when this goes to air, the uh, photo of the three of us he chooses to put with this episode, because um, there, uh, there are a few to choose from. Some flattering, some not so much. Um, but uh, let's go back to the beginning and uh, please just give a, a one or two minute introduction to our listeners of your musical background and how you discovered Barbershop. Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's I've, 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 uh, I've heard so much about this show and it's so, quite a cool thing to be on it. So I appreciate that. Um, my music history so i uh started playing drums actually um uh you know started playing in quotes at the age of four when i'd bring out uh the the utensils from my mum's kitchen turn them upside down find some chopsticks and like bang on these utensils right and mum was just getting so sick of this she's like right i'm like not having this anymore so i'm just gonna buy you a drum kit um, and that was... It's very constructive. Channel that, that instinct exactly, of yours. and that was mistake number one. Um, <laughs> and so so then I had a drum kit at like four or five years old and, and then it was just awesome, right? I was like, oh, I can get all these different sounds and beats from it. So then just kind of taught myself how to play drums. Um, and then one day my mum was playing piano. Um, I was probably about eight or nine by this stage. And like hang on all of the keys kind of sort of look the same but you're getting different sounds out of them like how does this work and he's like here have a have a book of chords and so she literally like there's like 46 pages of chords and I just went and learned them all and then like tried to plonk my fingers down and I thought oh this is like a next level of stuff because like drums are not tuned and then they've got this piano and you opened up all sorts of possibilities and so I started singing and playing uh, accompanying myself um, mostly you know pop songs that sort of thing and then uh as i got older i played in concert bands so i played tuned percussion like xylophone and timpani um drum kit um so basically any percussion instrument um that you could think of 
played in an orchestra for a little while, and then <clears throat> out of that, uh, out of those groups, stemmed a group where, which was basically like a, a, a quintet, and we were just doing like jazz around the traps, and so we were playing at all of these cool little jazz bars around Sydney, um, and I was playing either drums in that or keys and singing, and so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, America came along and said, Robert, come to America. And so I went over there and um, in this... Was this work-related? Work-related, yep, yep. Um, can I say that this was when America was um, more normal than it is today? I don't know if I'm allowed to, you can say, allowed that. To you can say, say that. You can say that if you like. <laughs> Hello, American friends. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and then about a couple, uh, no, one year in actually, I, uh, we, we were strolling down Castro Boulevard in Mountain View, California, and uh, we were really hungry, we were getting something to eat, and there was the, 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 this group, and they had these particular white suits on, and all of their, their suits were too big, like the, everything was too big, and I was like, what, what's going on here? And then they, they were singing Christmas carols, and I noticed a couple of things. One is that the melody was not in the high voice or the low voice, and two, they had these gratuitous chords that they'd throw in from time to time. And I'm like, wait, that chord was not in the original. Why did you throw this in? And then there was another, and then there was another. And then I worked out all of these gratuitous chords were dominant sevenths, and it's like, what, what, what's, what, what is this group doing? Um, <laughs> what a great name for a quartet, Gratuitous Chords. Chords, yes, yes, yes indeed. <laughs> uh, we will make good vocal choices. There's nothing more barbershop <laughs> than that. <laughs> and then um, we got a flyer in the mail that said, hey, come sing with us. And so we, 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 we rocked up the next Tuesday and we got to the door. And there was this curious site where this, uh, this director was directing this group and was that the same group that we saw and he was he was really intently um trying to extract this emotion from this group and like nothing was happening and so he was getting quite frustrated and so we're standing at the door and we're like what this is this like some strange cult or something and um then we worked out that little did you know, <laughs> little did we know exactly <laughs> And then we worked out that they were singing a song called Daddy, You've Been a Mother to Me. <laughs> At which point we like did a roundabout on our heels and we're like, right, we're out of here. And then right as we did that, one of the guys, I remember his name was Al Ward, and he was so like um, oh, enthusiastic. He saw us and he's like, oh, my God, they're about to leave. And so he like goes and tracks us down and says, come on in, guys. Like, you know, and, like brought us in. And then we sat down and then we felt a little trapped. <laughs> um, <laughs> Recruitment advice for everyone. <laughs> yeah. They were like trapped. super keen, right? We were like uh, young, so like fresh, fresh, fresh meat. Um, <laughs> and so they brought us in and they sat us down and then they kept doing this, Daddy, you've been a mother to me thing. And we're like, no, we don't, we don't actually want to sing that song. And then um, they had a break. And then they said, hey, we've got, we've got this tag we're going to sing. And so they brought us up and, and we sang a tag. And as soon as we did that, I just remember going, oh my gosh, what just happened? Um, magic happened, um, you know, and then like, oh, we want to do more of that. And so I don't, like that was the hook. So we ended up going back there and 
I actually learned, Daddy, you've been a mother to me, which was like, when I think about it now, it was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, and, and that was the start. And so then went from there, uh, became the, the... So a bit of an interesting observation there, perhaps, that as far as choruses are concerned, just a reminder for us to, you know, conduct ourselves, What you know, one of the, the um, uh, priorities we have when we plan or, or, or conduct rehearsals is to have member enjoyment and, you know, we have a longer term musical plan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but always just have in the back of our mind, one of them is if, if, a, if a member, if a potential member or, you know, just a, 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 a um, non-member walks in, um, what is it that they're going to experience and ideally make that something attractive? Absolutely. And I think uh, understanding... Whatever you're doing, whether it be whether it be having a chat or whether it be uh, doing duets or whatever. Yeah, and understanding who your audience is, right? Like if, if, you're, if you want to attract younger people and you're singing songs that aren't going to attract them, then change, right? And make, make a change. Like that's probably one of the most frequent questions that I get asked here is what about song choice? Um, and, you know, folks are going for really hard songs, tricky, intricate songs, um, where sometimes often something simple, maybe even in the doo-wop space, is, is pretty cool that you could start with and then introduce some of the, uh, the other hard stuff. So yeah, I 100% agree. Like know your audience and know the, the song choice, the, the choices that are going to attract the, the audience that you want to attract. Um, yeah, so then from there became the lead section leader of that group. Um, and then there was another- In about two weeks? That, sorry? In about two yeah, weeks. Yeah, like you, you're, you're, you have, you're breathing and moving. You're, when can you start? Um, yeah. And then there was this other group that. President? No. Okay. What about a section leader? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Hello, all section leaders out there. Um, <laughs> we mean no harm. So then another group started, and then this group was all about like uh, taking it to the next level. And so I joined that one, and that was Voices in Harmony. And that was an incredible ride. Um, I remember the director of Voices in Harmony, Dr. Greg Line, um, he said to me pretty much in the first few weeks, um, this thing that we're doing, it's going to ruin you forever, Rob. And I was like, uh... And That's they were right. Scary. And they were right. <laughs> exactly. And look at me now. Um, <laughs> and um, the, 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 what he was getting at was um, the difference between equal temperament and uh, Pythagorean tuning and, you know, the, the tuning systems we use in barbershop, um, which uh, are more accurate than the, than the piano. Um, and it's this great book out there for folks who are interested called uh, Why Equal Temperament Ruined Harmony and Why Do I Care? Um, and it's a great <laughs> walk through history about tuning systems and how we landed on this equal temperament thing and how everybody thought it was a great idea when in fact it's, it's a horrible idea for harmony. Um, and so Barbershop fixed that, right? And they said, look, you can, you can tune the perfect fifth and you could do it in this way. And as a result, you get all of these overtones and everyone gets really happy and sings tags till 3 a.m. and makes really great vocal choices, right? Like that, that's... <laughs> and doesn't annoy anyone else in the hotel. doesn't annoy anybody else and certainly doesn't get you kicked out of anywhere, for sure. So 
Uh, yeah, where did I get to? So yeah, so that that was that was Dr. Greg Lyons. So just going to your first yeah. group, um, you 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 obviously by then you you've done a lot of music. Um, you, uh, how much was harmony singing something that you were dying to do, or did that grow on you as you did more barbershop? Yeah, it it, it was always a thing. So uh, my mum and I, when I was learning to play piano, um, I would sing the melody, or mum would sing the melody, and I would always harmonize. And they would all be thirds, right? Like it's just sort of very simple um, harmonizing. Mm. So it was always a thing. Um, but you didn't try to sing constantly a semitone away. <laughs> That's always a good one. Not <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I can problems. remember. <laughs> <laughs> Glimpse into the weeds. Um, and then, without without um, uh, airing any dirty laundry, you you were you, did you move towns, or were you looking for a higher level group? And that's how you found um, your Greg Lyons group. Yeah, so it, it sort of got to the point where um, it was fairly clear that the group that I was in um, was uh, at a, at a particular level, and they were having a, a lot of fun singing at that level. Um, but I wanted to see what else was out there, and sort of. Understand if there was a, a way to tune better and a way to um, get more of a performance aspect out of the the group. Uh, I also started discovering groups um, at the time, like the Ambassadors of Harmony, um, that sort of said, "Oh, like you can have a chorus um, uh, with uh, with people of differing ages uh, and and still approach." harmony and, and vocal placement in a way that you can you can tune right to a very high degree and so I was like getting curious about this stuff um, and then once I think once Voices and Harmony formed uh, we started I got introduced to Westminster and then everything else kind of paled in comparison right <laughs> <laughs> pales yeah so Voices and Harmony uh, is relatively new group like not 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 decades old. No, uh, it was yeah, two thousand and four, perhaps something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. And we're and we're um, up what in the medals in in the late two thousands around oh eight sort of time. So they really they really hit the ground it was running very quick. Yeah, and and obviously. Now, Greg had previously been MD of Masters of Harmony, is that yes. correct? so he had won multiple gold so Masters. So that, that they had brought, did they bring Greg in to, to make sure that this was a yeah. high-level group? Yeah, or? so he was specifically selected, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think there were a few people that sort of knew him, <clears throat> and so they were like, hey, come to the Bay Area, and we, you know, we can, we can um, have this group, um, ended up being 103 people or something that, you know, is quite sizable. Um, so that was mm. the allure. The, the other thing about that was there were a couple of existing groups um, in the Bay Area that were striving for sort of this level of singing and they sort of folded together to, to make the bigger group. So that's kind of how it was born. Interesting, and um, you. So tell us. Um, we've got plenty of plenty other to discuss, but tell us about um, your uh, your initial competition experience and being introduced to the barbershop culture and going to international and meddling. I mean, that's you know that's all pretty exciting. Yeah, it was. Um, it was at the, so at the same sort of time I was um, singing with a couple of quartets as well, um, just trying to 
uh, get better as a singer, um, you know, get uh, understand the functions of lead and tenor and baritone and bass. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I had to get close to the mic for that one. Um, and to just understand the, the different functions, understand what it took to be, uh, to, to, to sing lead and what it took to sing baritone. And, and so it was all very fascinating. It sort of fed the geek side of my brain, um, which was, which was good fun. And so, yeah, that, so you really are a secret baritone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah for sure. For sure. It's like, I, I tried to suppress oh, it sure. from time to time. Just to <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so you were singing in quartets to uh, learn more about the genre and, and your, um, being the, your experience of being introduced to competition, particularly, okay. you know, going to international, which most barbershoppers don't get the opportunity to do and compete, and then uh, meddling, which again is, is only the, uh, the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that, that was quite special. So I think by that stage, I was sort of assistant uh, director, lead section leader, and so I had sort of a part to play in the performance element um, in coaching the leads. We had a lead section, you know, that's uh, bigger than my current chorus. It's like 30, mm. 28, mm. 30 guys or something. Um, so it was, it, it was, it was doing everything at a, at a different scale, um, understanding how to, to teach uh, to a, a wide variety, to really accelerate the learning process and, and, and accelerate um, the outcomes, right? Like, and, and what we found was for that chorus, if we just set the bar really high, uh, ninety-five percent of people would just go okay and hit hit that hit that bar, right? So, and sometimes exceed the bar, which is awesome. But yeah, like getting out on, onto that uh, international stage for the first time was undoubtedly the most terrifying experience. I remember being in the front row, and we were doing this weird choreography. Um, I know it went like. You were doing some of this, yeah. I remember, in the DVD, 2008, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, we actually got called out <laughs> that year for um, the, 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 as the thing not to do. Um, Excessive yeah, jazz hands. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the um, presentation category at the time uh, took offense to that and said, no, this, <laughs> is, this does not match the intent of the music. And for the presentation category to say that at that time, it, it, it must have been quite... Um, um, egregious yeah Quite something so uh, yeah so it was terrifying like I remember being sort of at the apron of the stage and all of the sound disappeared and I was like did everyone stop singing and then you like you just had to continue right and do the thing um, so it was a lot of fun uh, and then yeah in now you had been to international before you competed so at least you knew what it was about yes yeah, so my first time at international was when uh, real time won so that like 2005? 2005, yeah. Um, which was another funny story. There was this tiny little group in the in the corner of this big bazaar, right, the Harmony Marketplace thing. And they were just kind of like singing in the corner there. And they were like, so we walked over and we, we listened to them. And like, I didn't know them from a bar of soap, right? And we're like, wow, these guys are really good. Like, if these guys are the guys singing in Harmony Marketplace, imagine the guys that are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> and they were real tight, or they were. Um, so yeah, so I, I had a sense of what to expect, but I think when you're in the audience, it's very different, right? Like everything is, a, the scaling is very different. Yeah. Um, and then when you're in the chorus, it's a different money yet again. So yeah, super fun. And then in 2008, 
Would you describe that as a positive experience? Like that was your first, was that um, the chorus's first time in international or was yours uh, as in uh, competing? Chorus first time in international, um, they had, I think they had done a district before, before I joined, but I think it was, yeah, chorus first time. Um, It was, how, how do I describe it? I think it was a combination of just incredible amount of energy going through your veins right and like uh thinking about how do i how do i channel that energy into something positive versus just completely losing it like buy your son a drum kit what's that buy your son a drum kit kit. that's exactly right channel correctly um (laughs) and I don't know how I did that, but it seemed to work. Like I, I remember getting through the performance and getting to the end and going, yeah, like I think we did the thing. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think got away did. with it. <laughs> um, and that was the first. And the, but did the, was the vibe in the chorus that it was a successful outing? I mean, obviously you did well. What, what were the expectations going in and were you proud when you walked away from the convention? The expectation was super high. The expectation was to medal first time out, which we did not. Mm-hmm. And so as a, as a result, it was quite a contentious uh, thing. Um, but then uh, we kind of regrouped and said, you know, how do we take it to the next level? I mean, this was at the time where, you know, it was a sort of an 89, 88 um, that kept you out of the medals. Mm-hmm. Um, and groups that were winning were around that 93, 94 mark, I suppose. Um, Even 92, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and, and it seems like mm. 88, 92 is, is not a big distance, but it's huge, right? It's as you oh, yeah. approach that mm. upper echelon, um, it gets harder and harder. Extraordinary. So. And now you've got these, these, these uh, 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 young whippersnapper upcoming choruses like 08 and KVU scoring 92s and ca- coming third or fourth <laughs> right. rather than coming first. That's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I think part of that also was um, they gave permission. I remember really clearly get, they gave permission to the judges to say, you know, if, if you hear 100, write down 100. Right, mm-hmm. which was not the case mm-hmm. prior to that. There was a definite yep. sort of a, hey, leave it, leave something, leave some sort of score in reserve, if you will, right? Um, I remember hearing Westminster sing The Way You Look Tonight and being in the audience, and I was, I had an out-of-body experience. I just remember thinking, there is no way a group of more than four people can sing with that amount mm-hmm. of, precision and musicality Mm. um and intent and passion and do all of those things at the same time and i think what westminster had probably about somewhere in the vicinity of 40 50 guys at the time probably um yeah i think so yeah and and so it blew me away and so that was now the benchmark right we're just like that is the new normal for us and and at the time westminster didn't win um uh, it was hugely controversial, but uh, vocal majority won, and that was 06, yeah. yeah. And so, and the whole audience was just like, no, 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 Westminster won this, right? <laughs> and so that was the year where they they were like, no, no. So this is a this is a different type of group. So they recalibrated the judges, and then about a year after that, they also said like, yeah, look, we can we can give out hundreds. That's that's totally fine. 
So I think it's, that changed everything. And, and so now I think... And as you say, it's only been 10, a bit over a decade since the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the champs have gone from um, winning with, with basically low 90s, around that 91, 92, 93 mark. And of course, almost every time, not every time, but almost uh, Westminster's gone back, they've broken the record and therefore other groups, so, you know, the, uh, the ambassadors and, and VMs have, have um, upped the ante as well. And yeah, you don't average, um, you know, ninety-seven point seven without scoring some ninety-eights and ninety-nines and possibly some hundreds. Uh, it's just absolutely extraordinary. And I think possibly uh, the, I haven't studied the, uh, the, the the stats on it, but um, seventy-six trombones by ambassadors may have started to break this mold because in the presentation category they of course got three hundreds and two ninety-nines, and so they obviously backed the judges up against the wall, <laughs> and they were just like. I got nowhere to go here. I just, I can't. I just have to write down a hundred. That was that literally blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were <laughs> and and uh, we were on stage like uh, two groups right before ambassadors, I think, um, or the group before. Like it was like right before, and we literally like um, just just uh, legged it over from backstage to make it back into the auditorium to watch that. And I just remember watching that in the audience, and just like my mind was literally blown. Like that, the the, the the moment where they set up that little facade, um, and you know you're like paying, paying attention to the quartet singing a full octave higher than the score, literally, and then mm, the curtain mm. opens and they come out, and then uh, it was just it was like you know the, the sort of the first signs of musical theatre as well, which was amazing. It was quite something. Uh, so much more to talk about, but I do just want, want to take a minute. Um, you, you mentioned when you heard Westminster, uh, probably every time, but it, let's take 06, and you talked about how could a group of more than four people, as in a chorus, sing with such precision. Um, we, I think we've all heard groups that sing with really, really good precision, and uh, whether it be quartets or choruses, sing in tune, um, but some, what's the difference between a, uh, you know, a, a and 84 where this, the chorus or quartet is singing really in tune and but there's just something not engaging about it compared to someone singing a 94 and you just you just you're white knuckling on your seat in your I opinion. think it's alcohol <laughs> <laughs> we, listeners we got 25 minutes into the podcast oh. before he mentions I mean, alcohol we're doing quite well proudly <laughs> brought to you by secret is revealed secret is real it was certainly alcohol with the music team like no doubt about that um so so i think i think the 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 secret honestly is in approach and it's um the difference between approaching singing and approaching performance from a a heart space so understanding the meaning of the song understanding the subtext um, real time talked a lot about subtexts like yeah we're singing these lyrics but what do we want the audience to really feel right and it's like groups that approach from that perspective um, have a different feel to them like and then and that seems to be a consistent thread across all groups that are scoring in that sort of upper 90s kind of area there you go 
It is uh, one of those things about art, isn't it? Uh, sometimes you come across something and you go, that's really good, but it's not blowing my mind. And then you come across something else that on the face of it could be argued is very, very similar. And yet you're just completely drawn in. It's, uh, it's one, of the, one, of the, one of the beautiful things about art. Um, mate, uh, we, we really must move on. Uh, so talk to us uh, now about your ex Australian experience. You, um, uh, you lived in America for uh, some years uh, with work and then you, were, uh, brought, you, you brought yourself back to uh, the, uh, the little old land of Oz. And um, you've done a bunch of quartetting and chorusing. I, I guess um, one of the things we wanted to talk about is is tell us about Vox Canvas and your journey there, and your starting that, and particularly what how you've handled COVID and uh, what you've been doing with the group and how to how to group, keep the group yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so came back to to Sydney, um, came back to Australia in 2010, and the first thing I did was search for barbershop groups. Of course, um, that's like the first thing you do when you as you do, yeah. Place, right? <laughs> and uh, yes. uh, to my uh, astonishment, actually, there were five of them, four or five choruses. And in fact, those four or five choruses uh, were in existence when I was living in Sydney prior to going to California. Mm -hmm. So literally a really well-kept secret. Um, and so I, I, I went and visited a few um, and just tried to understand sort of what their... Uh, what their motivations were and what they were what, what, what they were wanting to do um, and I, I sort of noticed that there wasn't really a group that was um, targeted at young males um, in particular I think there were groups um, targeted some some groups targeted at young females and then also some uh, young sort of co-ed groups but nothing targeted at young males and one of the things I noticed in California was um, there was this element of um, the ability to connect um, with when when you're in a group like that, and I and I wanted to have that. Like I, I, my my vision was to um, going to get really soppy, but to create a, a, a an experience for males where they could share um, both the good times and the not so good times, be there for each other, have that support network. Um, the camaraderie as well um, and so I thought well that, nothing exists that I can see in like in, at least in Sydney and so that's how I created Box. Um, it's a really interesting a point you made you, you know you can um, uh, you know we love to celebrate uh, the barbershop brings people together from from all different uh, walks of life and uh, it unifies people um, uh, but you, you um, and you know, I think we celebrate. You can have a men's chorus with where age doesn't matter, and everyone just comes in, and that's great if you want to do that. And there's a place for that. Um, but it, yeah, it's interesting you say. Clearly, there are some groups who choose to be seniors groups, and they want to have that demographic and make those you know uh, blokes of that age uh, comfortable. And uh, yeah, as you say, there's a group that welcomes all ages, including younger men. Is different to a group that targets just younger men. It's a different, different culture, isn't it? It is. Sure. It is. Um, <clears throat> and I think the the difference is when, <clears throat> like, it's for, for some groups who have a, a wider age range. Um, some of those groups want to target younger singers, um, but when younger singers come to those groups. 
um, it's harder for them to see themselves in the group because they don't see their peers in the group, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's it's a really and it's a tricky situation because it's almost like a chicken and an egg thing, right? Because if you can see your peers, then you join, but then you're not going to join until you see your peers. So like, how do you mm-hmm. how do you navigate through that? Um, and certainly, I think some groups have navigated through that. Um, but yeah, I thought there was an opportunity to create something new. Um, so we started with uh, four people, um, <clears throat> a leader bass, baritone, and a tenor, singing in um, one of the groups, uh, it just their workplace. Um, it was like this industrial complex in Artaman, um, in the sort of the suburb of, of Sydney. North yeah. Of Sydney. Yeah. And that's how it stayed for many, many months until, uh, uh, you know, the word started to get around. And so we had another visitor and another visitor. And so we just kind of, you know, organically expanded that way. Interesting. And were there various um, opportunities to um, grow more quickly that you uh, 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 avoided because it wasn't true to your vision? Or did it all end up, was it all quite organic? Um, so I think initially, um, there were a couple of, uh, like, um, shifts in paths, right, that we took. So initially I, like, I obviously had the experience of barbershop in, in, in California and so I wanted to sing a lot of that music, but I noticed that that wasn't as captivating to certainly just singers coming to the group for the first time. Um, they they needed a little bit of a, a different hook, if you will, and um, so we basically got a bunch of like acapella duop kind of songs, right? That would appeal to um, certainly a younger sort of audience, and we just started singing those, and so we had a, just a bunch of fun singing those for probably a f- you know at least eight months, seven eight months, and then um, I played a couple of songs from uh, like a couple of Westminster songs to the group and they were like oh my gosh like hmm. we want to do that hmm. right and I was like well I'm glad you asked and so then I, <laughs> come with me <laughs> come with me follow me and then so I, you know we, we, we started with some uh, I mean they were literally like you know polecats right barbershop polecats and the group loved them and then so then we just did like polecats and tags and then but does that not prove that it doesn't matter what you sing as long as you sing it well? If you're singing Polecats, that's not a modern song. No, no, I, I think it proves exactly like the, like the opposite, that, that if, you, if you pick a song that is too challenging, you're actually going to um, like ruin your chances of, of attracting members because they'll come in and they'll, they'll hear the out-of-tune singing, right? Like, so whether it's a musician or whether it's someone who has, hasn't done any music ever before, as humans, like, we are really well in tune to what is great, what sounds great, and what doesn't. And so if you pick a hard song and you're trying to execute that hard song and it doesn't sound good, when you get guests come in, that's the thing that they hear. Mm. They're like, this group is not very good because that's, that's sounding bad. <laughs> and as we all know, uh, our art form is unforgiving to, to mm. out of tune singing, right? Much more so than pretty much anything else um, from a music uh, related art form. So the trick I think to, to your point, Rich, is, is pick a song where you can be successful, where you can get the joy of those chords lining up 
um, and it becomes about that. And then after you've got that solidity, then move on to something that's potentially a little bit more challenging. Yeah, and so what you're saying is, um, that whether it was a modern song or not, because the, those weren't modern songs, there was it was the it was the in tune singing, and it was allowing barbershop to be seen, or in this case heard in its best light, in tune and with the you know with the beautiful harmonies ringing. That's it was the harmonies they fell in love with for, from songs a hundred years old, and then you started broadening the repertoire. Yes, and and the juxtaposition of songs that were in that a cappella style, so that. Yeah, there was that variety of the two right mm, um, mm. so if someone new came in like a new guest came in the very first thing we do is sing some acapella tunes mm, mm. some some doo-wop tunes and they'd be like oh I know that tune I can mm-hmm. I, that's a cool tune I'm, I'm gonna sing that with you and then you know later on in the night like pull out a barbershop tune and then they're like oh so now you guys like have fun singing this this doo-wop stuff but then now you also get like these goosebumps when you ring these chords like where do I sign up Right. And uh, and so yeah, tell us about um, the 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 journey uh, over the past. So what? How long have you been? It's like six or eight years now. It's not ten, is it? Uh, it's so, it depends on how you count. But I think <laughs> I, I count using uh, numbers. Usually from one, two, three. Decimal system because we like as barbershoppers we can only actually count to four. And then we have to start from scratch again. <laughs> so, whereas, whereas dancers start from five. Yeah. Yeah. Five, six, seven, start. eight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably six, six years. Let's go with six. six let's go with six. Good. Yeah, let's go with six. Um, I'm sure there's going to be at least three people from my chorus that will listen to this and say, oh, it's not six. <laughs> you know. Um, at least they're listening. Three listens. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. New record. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, um, what was the question? Uh, Tell us your chorus journey, uh, in particular this last year and how you've handled it. What was, mm. I mean, we can go back and talk a bit more about how you handled the previous five years and how you, you know, trained some of the young guys up to have more life skills, to take on more responsibility in the chorus, because I'm sure that was a journey in itself. But um, yeah, tell us briefly where the chorus was a year or 14 months ago and, uh, and then what happened when the lockdown happened and how you've spent your last 12 months. Yeah, so the, the last, um, I think the last real um, memory of a, something where we, we were really striving for something great was in Hobart, um, where um, we sang Dance With My Father. And that was, um, and just an electric moment. Um, we had a signature that happened to be there. Um, we didn't actually plan it. We didn't. We didn't say we're going to sing "Dance with My Father" because signature were going to be there. Um, but we just sort of just happened organically. And then uh, Daniel, the lead of signature, um, sort of heard us, and then he coached us a little bit that weekend, and so it was amazing. And so we went on stage, and it was one of those moments where. Um, the group just said right we're just going to take a bit of a risk here um and it was very emotional uh and uh, qu- quite a highlight right to to get to a point where we were able to do what we did and it was just mind-blowing so that was that was great and then we were sort of getting ready to kind of get into the next year and and, and building plans and then COVID hit and of course singing is classed as a high risk activity so everything shut down immediately 
um, and we went to online rehearsals. Um, and I can uh, sadly or happily, I'm not, I'm not sure which, report that online res- rehearsals were a complete disaster. Mm. <laughs> I think a lot complete of people disaster. miss uh, understand or interpret online rehearsals being an online version of rehearsal. But you can't sing with each other and hear each other online. It just doesn't work, which takes away kind of a fundamental point of rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, and so, and, and we tried for, I would say, maybe a couple of months, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, but it was super clear that uh, it, it basically became a um, drinks drinks with the, with, with the boys session um, and I was like yeah this is not entirely what we were going for so we, we stopped that um, kind of polled the group a bit and everyone said look we're keen to come back but we want to ring chords and we can't ring chords on zoom and mm-hmm. so let's just not and so we just stopped rehearsing for ages and ages um, and then as the cases dropped in New South Wales, we started to get together. Um, and so now I think what's happen, happening now is we're, we're kind of in that sort of building phase, right? Where we're trying to figure out, okay, so are the cases completely gone? Or are we, like, is another case just around the corner yeah. that's going to, like, shut everything down again? So I've been talking a little bit with the music team about, like, doing this reset and saying, okay, we're going to reset box uh, as of this date and come out and, and go back to like you know what we were doing before and the plans and everything around that but it's genuinely hard because it, i could pick that date and there could be a case right before or right after that's going to put a kibosh on that right yeah, so right. but at the same time like i don't want to wait too long so i'm just it's it's sort of an ongoing conversation as to how we navigate through it do you have a sense of how many of your members are drifting away because they don't have barbershop right in front of their faces and how many of them are actually you don't what is it you don't realize how much you love something until you until it's not there how many of them are actually really missing it because it's not there is there some combination of the two yeah i would say there's probably about 20 percent that have um that have moved away um and just because of covid and the changes in lifestyle and all that sort of stuff, they've actually just kind of chosen to move away from the city. So um, a number of them have ended up in like regional New South Wales, some have gone overseas, you know, so they've sort of taken the opportunity to do different things. Um, That's a bit different, yeah, actually literally moving away from, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not not just in there. That'll ruin rehearsal commute, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which is kind of interesting, right? Because I think um, Sydney is, it's probably probably a little different um, because of the higher cost and, and such. And so you've got like, you know, people that sort of look at this opportunity and say, okay, well, I can have a similar lifestyle, but maybe perhaps without the higher cost. And so like, you know, moving to regional New South Wales, for instance, is, is a way to do that. So like some of those um, folks have said, yeah, we might come back as well. Um, but I do think there's a, this level of um, just genuine loss where we've, we've lost people that have just kind of moved away. And, and it's about now how to rebuild some of that. And so have you, you've clearly given a, a bit of thought, fair bit of thought to when you will start. Do you have much of a sense of what the vibe will be? I mean, will it just be, you know, like getting back on the horse or you just, you just don't, don't, won't know until you get in the room and have everyone together or? We've we've had a few um, <clears throat> we've had a few rehearsals here and there just to kind of give give us a sense, 
Um, and I think what's true is there've just been a lot of people that haven't been singing. So, it, and it's, as you both know, it's very much a, you know, um, use it or lose it kind of thing. And so there's gonna be uh, some amount of homework and building sort of that, just that vocal apparatus. Um, we call it the Vox Canvas sound, but it's, you know, it's a particular type of approach to singing, I suppose. Um, and just in the rehearsals we've had, sort of onesie twosies from time to time, um, it's been clear that it's been harder to get to that target. Whereas before that was just our home base. It's like, that's our sound, right? Um, so, uh, more yeah more homework at, at, at home uh, for guys and then just probably a, a level of like we called we, we were thinking about maybe like a box university um, so that when people come back we kind of put them through um, like a, a series of sort of classes if you will to get us back on on track to where we were before mm -hmm. oh well good on you and good luck um, Mate, one of the other things we wanted to touch base with you on was uh, was your judging and coaching. Um, tell us about how you decided to become a judge and tell us about briefly how you, because time is running away with us, how you chose singing, because clearly you're qualified to be a performance or a music judge uh, as well. And um, and and tell us, um, yeah, what you've experienced as you've travelled around the country, uh, judging and coaching, and and you know what are some of the key themes and you know most encouraging things and some of the you know the the the, the challenges that or pitfalls that keep keep recurring, etc. Tell us about your experience there. Yeah, so I think it sort of started when I was in California. Um, I was um, very humbled and extremely curious about this whole judging thing. It's like you, you're taking something that's fundamentally art and trying to put, trying to apply some level of science to that art, right? Like, how is this magic? Like, what magic is happening here that allows you to do that? And it was particularly striking to me because there seemed to be a set of people that had all agreed that this was the particular science that we were going to apply to this performance. And this science was like, you know, the deviation, the standard deviation was like really small. So I was like, hang on, like, how did you, did you all collude? And like came up with <laughs> this group think or what? Yeah, how did you do that? So I was extremely curious. So I started to like, you know, shadow some judges over there. Um, and had I stayed, I probably would have entered the judging program in, in the US. But uh, when I came back, I was like curious about it. And I remember a time where Ali Jameson and I were in uh -oh. the audience. It's all Ali's fault, basically. <laughs> oh, most things are. <laughs> most things are. <laughs> Hi, Ali. And um, he, he and I were in the audience uh, in Toronto, Toronto. And he was a, he was, I'm assuming, a senior judge already by that stage. And um, I, we were both sitting next to each other and scoring all of these groups, right? Um, like the 500 or so groups that came past. <laughs> and um, with, um, with a tremendous amount of focus, I, I'm sure you know, right? Like we were <laughs> heads down focused on this, writing notes, um, uh, copious quantities of notes. And then uh, what I noticed was I was starting to like pick the same number that he was picking. So there is group think involved. I mean, <laughs> and it was because I could see his score. <laughs> so no. <laughs> it's amazing how accurate you can be when you look at the other guy's score first. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, so, yeah. And so then I thought, oh, maybe I should give this judging thing a go. 
and then I I really actually don't know how I got invited to be be a judge. Some some maybe some magical group thing happened, but yeah, I I made it to category school. Um, uh, that was when it was in Sydney. Was that with um, Rob Mance? Sorry. Was that with Rob Mance as your instructor or Steve Scott? It was with Rob Mance. Yep. 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 And uh, and then apparently passed um, because apparently I was like doing the good scoring thing. Um, and actually, David Reed w- was copying my scores, which I'm I'm convinced <laughs> that's how he passed. So we were just kind of <laughs> passing the favor on. <laughs> and. Um, and uh and yeah and then did sort of the first couple of competitions um i'm I'm sure i've been in the pit with both of you Uh, i know i've been in the pit with richard i'm pretty sure i've been in the pit with ash i think that was in queensland region toowoomba maybe yeah that's right yeah 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 and it's been a blast because it's helped me understand the art form uh to a to a greater degree you asked about singing versus music or performance um i remember one of the music judges in California uh, or in the US um, said that you had to count the number of dominant sevenths. Um, and if you, if you had less than this number of dominant sevenths, then it was not barbershop. And admittedly, this well, was that, a while that ago. used to be the official rule, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, it was like 30. Talk about taking a mathematical approach to art, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was like, no, I don't want to be a music judge. That sounds like way too much work. And then the and then the performance category, when it was the presentation category, I just didn't agree with it. Like I, I remember just going, I, I don't agree with this. I don't understand. You know, I have a lot of respect for the Masters of Harmony, but uh, some of their performances, they would score like a ninety-one in in presentation. And I was like, huh? No, no, I don't agree with that. Um, so that's so that. And was has the shift shaped. from the presentation we're running out of time but has the shift from the presentation to the performance category acknowledging that some of the stuff barbershoppers used to do and used to reward being fairly square wheel and sort of shoehorning things into a performance is that consistent with your 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 observation yeah it's much it's much much better now mm-hmm. um, i think we've we've come um leaps and bounds um like you know not 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 even linear like it's like an order of magnitude i would say um, where we're starting to reward the right things in the performance category, which is really great to see, like mm. super great to see. Um, and, and it was always about like this, well, if the singing is this level, then you can't possibly have a performance score or a presentation score that's higher than that because it's all about singing. And so then my thing was, well, why have those judges anyway, right? Like, Which you, I'm sure every singing those... judge thinks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly, uh, that may okay. or may be the case. I cannot confirm or <laughs> Can deny. Con- confirm or deny I, on the on I, the record. I certainly, I certainly can't confirm nor deny that we call them um, Sparkle Pony judges like that. That's <laughs> it's a bad, it's a badge it's of honour. It's bad. Um, so what have yeah, you noticed so, as you've judged around Australia and coached around Australia? There, there must be some uh, s- some encouraging things and some some uh, common pitfalls you see recurring. Yeah, so I think co- uh, coaching and, and, and judging around Australia, um, I've definitely benefited from that. I've learned a lot from that, um, and I hope others have, have learned as well. 
Um, but I think the biggest thing for me, uh, the biggest learning is, um, you know, know your purpose. Know the thing that really drives you and your singers um, and plan uh, to make that purpose a success, right? So like have a vision and then do it, do everything, uh, the, everything that you do should align to your vision. And if anything doesn't align to your vision, throw it out, right? Don't use it. Um, and I think groups really, um, the, the groups that are doing well, uh, the, the common thing is that they're, they, they're just aligned better to their vision um, and they're truer to their vision. Um, and that it's at all levels, right? It's like um, learning words and notes, right? That seems like a very basic thing, but some groups um, have not embraced that. And so then, and they're trying to build on top of that. And that's really difficult when you don't have the words and notes right, right? So as a coach, um, navigating through some of those um, situations were, were, were tricky, genuinely tricky, because groups are like, well, how can I get to the next level? And you're like, well, mm-hmm. actually, you need Did you to want to do the previous level really well first? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, like, you can build on that. And they're like, you know, shaking their head saying, no, no, Rob, that's not our question. <laughs> <laughs> so, to which you respond, um, then you're asking the wrong question. Um, so, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so you, you must have found some groups quite receptive to that and, and others, yeah, a, a bit confused because it's, you know, human nature for many people not to want to um, uh, be the bearer of bad news or to cut someone loose or, I mean, do you think that's the, the main impediment there is, is um, choruses going, oh, you know, we want to keep everyone, particularly because most choruses in Australia, you know, are around that sort of, you know, 15 to 25 mark um, and, and it's just too hard to say, oh, no, we, we won't let someone sing. Do you think that's the, the biggest impediment? It is, it is, yeah. It's it's that constant, like you're balancing between the two, right? You want to maximize your members and you want to maximize, um, you know, um, you know, dues and like, because that, that enables you to do all these other things. But then at the same time, you have to pay attention to singing, you have to pay attention to performance and, present and music. And so it, they're often at odds with each other. And so it, I think that's where I'm, I've noticed that groups that have that vision they're like, well, this we're going to be true to this, right? And so, if that means that our membership suffers a bit, okay, be- because we we we've decided that we want to be true to this. Um, the other the other big revelation um, for me, um, and maybe maybe this wasn't a re- revelation, or maybe it was more like a confirmation, was the community, right? Like I am, uh, I genuinely miss the community. I've I've missed the community a lot during COVID. And I think the people that I've met um, and um, like this, just the generosity and the camaraderie, um, the friendships, um, that's, I don't think there's, there's another art form that I, that I've been part of that has that level of connectedness and brings everyone together in, in a meaningful way. Um, Like it, there are definitely art forms where like, you know, if you think of sport, like it's bringing people together but I think the dynamic is different right um, uh, and this this dynamic is is very much about sharing and very much about being connected um, to the heart space so like that is amazing to me and I'm, I genuinely miss it 
It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I, I, I think most of us have experienced this, and I certainly did when I worked in, walked in as, as a, you know, a, 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 a young 31-year-old, uh, uh, wide-eyed uh, uh, potential recruit to Sydney Harmony, and uh, just the... Um, the, the the love and the uh, the warmth and then everything I've experienced since, as you say, with the conventions, uh, people loving getting together. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd need to you could write a PhD on whether there's a you know a correlation or causation. You know, whether you know people who love this music that just it, there's going to be that sense of community or or uh, maybe other musical genres and musical hobbies and musical groups are different. I don't know, but um, it seems to be uh, pretty consistent across the board. Um, mate, we're, we're basically out of time. Uh, so, um, Ash, would you like to ask my favourite question or shall I? <laughs> uh, what would uh, what 2005 <laughs> Rob say to 2021 Rob? It's the other way around. About. No, wait, what? no. <laughs> no. What would the early Rob say to the... No, wait, no, what would the... Okay, what would, oh yeah, what would now Rob say to earlier Rob? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a really good question. Um, yeah. So my, Thank you. My res- <laughs> and you asked it with, with such... Such grace. With such <laughs> command, actually. Such command over the... The concept. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I have a very, very clear picture on this, and that is that I would say to the 2005 Rob or the 2001 Rob, ask for what you want and don't um settle for anything less cool ask for what you want like um this this has sort of been studied as well like that if you if you don't ask the question um or if you don't ask for what you want like there's a fairly good chance you're not going to get it right it's that whole um you will miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take right (laughs) and so that would be my advice to me um, just do that thing. Mm. Take the shots. Take the shot. And if you miss, mm. you miss. Um, and that's one of the things that I um, coach uh, today that, you know, try to kind of um, get that sentiment across that, yeah, if, if, like, if you get the word wrong, if you get the note wrong, um, it's fine. But be confidently wrong, right? Like, just, just sing from your heart and be confidently wrong. If you are... Um, uh, not confidently correct like that's not a thing like like that's <laughs> not compelling right it's like mm. I think that you sang the right note but I'm not entirely sure but because because there was this is not that that commitment and that confidence so I think that's um, that's a big thing for me now and and, and uh, I'm like looking forward to the future and looking forward to like how we can like come back as not just a chorus but as a, as a community as well well let's yeah, see if we can't judging pit together absolutely soon enough let's see if we can't yes. uh, be that uh, the glass half full come back uh, from this this uh, time off that none of us anticipated or asked for and uh, say okay well it was what it was let's sort of uh, yeah wipe the slate clean and what do we want to do now and let's uh, let's get the magic back uh, mate uh, thanks for your stories uh, and thank you I, I know you've You've um, uh, touched the lives and, and had, a, had a huge positive impact on so many people around Australia with your performing and your, your musical leadership and your, and your judging and your coaching. Uh, and so uh, thank you for that. And uh, I look forward to your 
your application to the board of BHS, which I see has just been advertised. You see that? Five, five positions on the BHS board. So since you're such a thinker, you're a smart guy, I look forward to you being part of the solution. Well, yeah, like the, the application is basically writing itself. So I don't just send it. Just send in this much. podcast. You're a shoo-in. Here's my podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks to both of you. I know that, um, I, I don't know who came up with this idea. Ash did. Um, but Ash did. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool idea. Um, and I, and it's, it's like a, a way to sort of get into people's lives and people's stories and like maybe pull out a little bit of the, the nuggets from there. So um, yeah, thanks for putting it together. And uh, I hope that you interview more people when you look forward to listening to those. That's the plan, a bit of oral history. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you.